0: hey what's up y'all it's will and boy i really enjoyed doing this interview with mark doble from aviator brewing he started this business in 2008 and uh, it has just grown beyond anything i I would imagine you could grow in that short amount of time he is a fascinating guy Um, the story behind why it's named aviator brewing is interesting enough, which we get to at the very beginning. It had me both laughing my tail off as well as just incredibly in awe of, of, uh, how that went down and boy, this is a cool story and I'll put it this way. So did this interview. Um, this is today's the, the next day after the interview, I went to a restaurant in Raleigh last night. Uh, Mark is in Fuquay Verena, which is south of Raleigh. And we went to uh, Jolie, which is owned by Scott Crawford, an incredible place he opened a few months ago. And I told the GM that, we had, uh, that I had done this interview at Aviator Brewing earlier in the day. She said, oh, yeah, they've been around a long time. Like twenty years or something, right? <laughs> well, that that didn't surprise me that she thought that uh, because Aviator has really just built its brand so well in the southeast and so quickly. And I mean, we were in a twenty-three thousand square foot facility that they've already outgrown. Uh, Mark and his team are building a sixty-five thousand square foot facility in Fuquay Varina. It's going to house two restaurants, a coffee shop, and their brewery. And I mean, I, I could go on, but listen to the episode; you're going to enjoy it. Mark's a fascinating guy, very nice. And as I, you'll hear me mention this, and it's very true. You could tell just talking to him; he is just in love with what he does. He's happy, he enjoys it, he works hard, he really has fun doing it, and he has this almost permanent smile on his face while he's talking about his business because he loves it so much which is very um intoxicating and very inspiring so y'all enjoy more episodes coming soon uh this year we're going to be doing a lot with breweries i may have mentioned that but spending a lot of energy focusing on breweries and distilleries this year and also most likely coffee shops but uh more on that to come Uh, breweries are just opening everywhere and uh that industry is going to keep growing and it's just a lot of fun to hang out with brewers (laughs) so that's it y'all enjoy see you all right we're live all right great sd card was not working always good to have a backup two is one and one is none
1: yep radio check
0: (laughs) Um, all right folks uh this is cool sitting here Fuquay Barina, North Carolina, outside of Raleigh, and I'm with Mark Doble. He is the, uh, well, he's he started Aviator Brewing. He's the brew boss. Yep, that's it. Uh, and uh, this place is, gosh, in a very short period of time, I don't even know how to describe how big this place. I'll say this, I've been to a decent number of breweries now, I've never seen this much beer, and they've already outgrown this, so um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear the story behind all this, man. Thank you. Cheers. What are we drinking? What is it called? Uh, it's Three Bones Kolsch. Three Bones Kolsch. Okay, mm. It's very good. Um, so you started eleven years ago. Yep. Why? Um, I like beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you make a lot of it, and it's really good. Um, did you? What were you doing prior to that? Uh, I worked for uh, Hewlett Packard. I was an engineer. Oh, the normal story, right? Yeah. The, the engineer from Hewlett Packard that starts yeah. to brew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you were in, okay. So then you were uh, brewing your own stuff. Yeah, I I
1: started brewing beer when I was 16. Uh, my dad was in the army. We lived over in Holland, and oh, nice. uh, a neighbor down the road, a, a Dutch friend of mine, he brewed beer, and I was fascinated by it. You were 16. I was 16. Because you're in Holland, like yeah, yeah 16 you know. brewing beer. <laughs> oh, everyone's drinking beer. Everyone's having a good time, and. Uh, You know this guy showed me the process and i was fascinated so uh i got a little kit and i started brewing some beer in the basement i was you know showed my family how to do it and they all loved it and
0: thought it was cool and then how long were you with um hewlett-packard uh 15 years okay so you were there a long time yeah a long time dude this is a big change from that's a full-on corporate culture yeah it was fun
1: for a while Uh, i got to do a lot of cool stuff Um, yeah But, you know, things change and you want to go pursue other interests and hobbies and, you know, have a good time.
0: How long were you doing this? Was this a side gig or I mean, you couldn't you probably had to just quit full stop to get this thing going, I would imagine. Yeah, I did. Uh,
1: 2008, the economy kind of hit the skids. And I think all the large corporations are feeling the pinch and, you know, HB was one of them, Um, you know job was changing things were getting different uh it was different than what I was used to yeah I was looking for a change I want to do something where uh, I had friends who had their own businesses and I wanted to kind of be involved with that to kind of create my own destiny and you know if I worked hard I could make it happen and you know I think that's kind of the American dream yeah to a certain extent sure you know and I think everyone wants the chance to pursue that at some point in their
0: life and I think that was my time well you um yeah, you know, you you good t- or I mean bad timing, you know, in terms of just what was happening with the economy then, but then sometimes that can lead to good things. You um took a risk, you know. I mean, that's the thing about the American dream is, you know, there's these are survivorship bias stories, right? Like we hear the stories of the people that made it. There's so many that take that risk and yeah. you know, it doesn't work out, but hey, we have the opportunity and uh you're right, man. If you've got the the idea and the passion you got to have the passion you got to have the work ethic too Oh, 100 percent I mean because this this had to have been a heck of a lot of really hard work, long hours and uh, I'm sure it still is, but I bet early on you're, you're uh, you must i mean did you have it's a risky thing I mean were you concerned were you worried about whether it would make it or did you just um yeah, there were a
1: lot of uh, late nights. You know, uh, when you're when you're brewing, you, you know, you're brewing beer all day and uh, you get tired and you're going on 24, you know, 30 hours and uh, something breaks and all your beer ends up down the drain or, you know, <sighs> or, you know, and, and you're like, damn, then you got to start over. And you just, you know, you get back on it and you, you start brewing again and you just don't make that mistake next time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, things happen, you know, and I I think it kind of tests your will. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, you can spend hours working on something or days and something goes wrong or bad or, you know, the truck crashes (laughs) or, you know, the kegs leak or the tanks break and the chiller doesn't work and the pumps break. And, you know, and it's, you know, the customers a lot of time don't see a lot of the work that goes into it, Mm. but it's very satisfying to get that beer on tap. You know, and uh, to see your handle out in the market and to go to a bar or restaurant and and drink beer that you created. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's just a really cool thing.
0: Dude, I love that's so cool that I can tell that so genuinely still excites you to this day. Like, probably the same way it did when you first started. Yeah, I mean, I I, I love beer. I I mean, I
1: love beer. I love everything about it. I like like making things. I like building stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just fun
0: yeah it's interesting because you're you're sort of so you've got an engineering background yep but you're in a that's a all that stuff you just talked about was very it's very messy it's not yeah it's non-linear it's not black and white it's not right angles and you know i mean it's it's like that's legit like just not only not to mention then all the stuff you have to deal with with i mean how many employees do you have now uh, I think right now we have about 140. <laughs> that's right? a lot of people to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's <Just like laughs> a
1: that's kind of a that's a big responsibility. You know, it's a I'm huge kind of, responsibility. I uh, feel a, a a burden to basically make us successful. Yeah, you know, we have to make money and yeah. you know, put <clears throat> you know, get people into the restaurant and uh, make sure our bartenders and servers are doing well. And you know, we're providing the product that people want. We're innovative. We're creative. Yeah, uh, we're getting good quality out there. Yeah, uh, we stand behind what we do. We're you know if we're in question of anything we throw it away. You know if it's something we're not proud of, we don't serve it or we don't create yeah. that. Yeah. So it's uh you know and it's like everyone says I, I guess the same thing that you need a you know good solid team behind you. I couldn't do it without the people we have. Yeah. And we just have uh, I think the same core passionate group of people that have just been with us for years and they you know they make Aviator happen.
0: Yeah, you got people that have been here since early days.
1: Uh, I mean, very early days. I don't. I don't think there's anyone left. A lot of those guys went on to do, you know, other things.
0: I mean, I mean, how did you start? Like when you started, what was? Wh- well, first of all, Aviator Brewing, you name because you started in an
1: airplane uh, hangar. Okay, an airplane hangar. Yeah, Where at uh, Triple W Airport in Fuquay. So that is that just that's just for uh, like a private. Yeah, it's just a it's a public use airport. It's okay. just kind of an old, uh, rundown airport. Okay, uh, everyone thinks it's abandoned, but <laughs> I still it's fly still out. In, of, I still, still fly out use? of there. Okay, yeah, there's probably five or six airplanes out that fly out of there still. It's okay. kind of a really tiny airport in a in a valley surrounded by very
0: tall trees. So I think a lot of people are scared to land there. No, did, did you? <laughs> uh, that's funny, man. I'd like to check it out. Um, well, okay. Why there? I mean, did you have an affinity for airplanes prior to that, or that was just a location that was available? And
1: Well, we were living in Tampa, Florida, okay. and uh, we wanted to move up uh, to North Carolina. And so I built an airplane in the half of a two-car garage. And so when we were moving, the airplane was still in the garage and I moved it to the airport in Tampa and I left it in the hangar in Tampa, and we moved up here. And I flew back down to Tampa. Whoa! And, okay, hold on.
0: You built an airplane?
1: Yeah, yeah. I built an airplane from sheet metal and, <laughs> oh, and rivets. And really? Yeah, uh, twelve thousand rivets. Uh, it was a it was a kit, but a lot. You literally had to make a lot of the parts. Like cut the parts out of sheet metal and bend them and rivet There's them. A kit to
0: make a yeah full size
1: airplane holds two people, <laughs> flies at twenty thousand feet. <laughs>
0: Did your wife fly with you? Oh yeah, yeah, I've taken her up. <laughs> oh, God. Man, that's insane! That's incredible! How cool!
1: That's, you really you know, do like
0: to make things. You made a freaking airplane. <laughs> I was just
1: fascinated by flight. And one day, I woke up and um, you know I wanted to fly in the military. I didn't get the opportunity, so when I got were you out, in the military? Yeah, I was in the army. Okay, uh, went to ROTC and uh, went in the army reserves. Um, but one day I was in Florida. and I just woke up. i like, man, I want to fly an airplane. So I went to the local airport, took some flying lessons. Uh, then I wanted an airplane. I couldn't afford one, so I built one. And then uh, we moved up here. And so I flew back down to Tampa. put the wings on this airplane in the hangar. And, uh, you know, took it out. And a friend of mine test flew it for me and then taught me how to fly it. And uh, I took off <laughs> and flew it up to North Carolina.
0: I mean, do you not have to have, like, you can just do that?
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the FAA will come out and look at it, and they're like, yeah, it looks good. No one really inspects it. You would not have to get a license? Or no. <laughs> you just... Oh God, so God. That's insane. Yeah. I took off out of Tampa, and I'm at 10,000 feet, and I'm like, wow, this is awesome.
0: <laughs> so you flew it up here? Yeah. And you so, landed at that airport?
1: Yeah. And, uh, well, I landed in Harnett County, and then... And, you know, because I landed here at night, and I didn't want to fly into Triple W at night. So the next morning, I flew into Triple W, and um, I kept it at a rental hangar down there. And then a friend of mine had a big hangar. He got divorced, and his wife got his hangar, and she wanted to sell me the hangar. I didn't really want it, and she gave me a great deal on it, so I bought this hangar from her. And I put my little airplane in this huge hangar, and... The idea for the brewery came from, I had this massive hangar and this tiny airplane Why I could put this brewery inside this
0: hangar. So you didn't move up here to do the brewery? No, no. The brewery. Why'd you move up here?
1: uh, We just wanted to leave Florida. Okay. Uh, We had, starting to have kids, and uh, we just wanted, we wanted to have a kind of a, I think, a better environment for them. Yeah. Rather than growing up in a big city. Yeah. We wanted to be a little bit more. Um, you know, rural and a little more area for the kids to run around and play and have a good time. Yeah. Uh, I think North Carolina was perfect for that.
0: How did you find Fuquay Verena? Uh,
1: my wife did. Uh, she actually said she found Holly Springs, and then we ended up putting our business in Fuquay Varina. Oh, uh, okay. And so the brewery started an airplane hangar, and the airplane hangar was in Fuquay Varina. So okay. we ended up, you know, moving, keeping everything in Fuquay.
0: Wow. That's fascinating. Okay, yeah. so it's a legit— <laughs> apropos name yeah for yeah <laughs> like, i was like well maybe he just likes airplanes <laughs> no, you oh. built an airplane and yeah wow that's awesome i like those uh those uh posters you have over there on the wall too oh yeah i love
1: world war ii aer- airplanes man. yeah and all that stuff's just really cool it's kind of the golden age of aviation
0: the, yeah exactly you got some yeah this is this is really cool so okay so you moved up here you got the hangar then you decided you're going to start the brewery did you did you self-fund this or did you
1: yeah I um <clears throat> I was never a huge fan of like 401k and investing and all that and and yeah. uh so when I got the chance to um cash that in I was all about it <laughs> so yeah. I was like yeah it's just cash in that 401k and there wasn't a lot in there anyways um so I I took the money out of my 401k, wasn't a ton of money, and I'd kind of sourced some used equipment throughout the United States. I found my um, boil kettle and mash tun in uh, south of San Francisco in the Bay Area. Uh, Knew a guy out there, Devil's Canyon Brewery. Went out there, met these guys, and uh, they sold me this brew house uh, fairly cheap. I had loaded it up on an 18-wheeler, and then uh, had the truck follow me up to, uh, went up to Montana. I found some old dairy tanks there. I loaded those in the 18 wheeler. And then uh, I went down to Denver. I found some old uh, bright tanks there and we threw those in the truck. And then all all this crap (laughs) came back to North Carolina and met me at Triple W Airport where I unloaded everything and put it in my hangar. And basically, I assembled this brewery with all these parts. Wow. Um, And, you know, the first day I brewed How much did it cost you? uh, You know, roughly. I, I mean, I was probably in it for about. 15,000, 20,000. That's it? Yeah. I mean, I got stuff super cheap. Yeah. Um, The glycol system. um, Wow. You know, I I put it all together out of PVC. Um, I pretty much built everything. Yeah. Um, I designed the heating system for the mash ton, and I took an old tobacco barn um, propane burner and kind of retrofitted that to work on the boil kettle. (laughs)
0: So. Yeah, if you know what you're doing, and I you didn't have, really know what I was doing.: Well <laughs> yeah, but you're technical and you, you built an airplane, like, I mean if yeah. you, if, I would bet if you spent 15 grand, normally it would cost what 10 times that to: I, I mean, mean I, yeah, there's guys putting breweries together. I mean you could like the size you started with, yeah, if you were going in and just you had no hands on and you were just buying the equipment. I mean you could easily blow through 200 grand. That's well okay. Yeah. yeah. So Without at least a 10 times yeah. minimum what you spent. Wow. Yeah. And that's huge. I mean that's such a big part of any business but especially one that's so capital intensive and yeah, equipment intensive like a brewery. So you had a big leg up right away. How much beer were you brewing in the I was doing
1: uh, 12 barrel batches. Okay. Um, You know, barrels, 31 gallons or two kegs. So, you know, whatever that is in gallons. And I was, I had, um, my fermenters were these open dairy tanks and they held about 10 barrels. Okay. Uh, They would ferment open. So you could see the fermentation happening, which is pretty cool. That's cool. And a lot of people don't see that today because everything's in these closed, cylindrical, conical fermenters. Um, The actual fermentation is awesome. Uh, we used to dip glasses into it and drink the beer right out of the fermenter. It was great. That's so cool.
0: <laughs> Wait, okay, so you started, you, how many like when you, was it just you and?
1: It was just me uh, okay. for the first about four or five weeks, and then I hired my first employee. Um, he, he was a home brewer, and I taught him to, uh, you know, brew professionally, and, yeah. and we started cranking some beer out, and. Um, I would take the beer up into the market and sell the kegs. I just the mar- where? Where I was is the just drive up to Raleigh, okay. just drive up to Raleigh, put all the beer in the back of my truck and I'd just drive around until I sold 12 kegs. Who would you sell it to? Just bars and restaurants.
0: You go up to a bar. Yeah. Just be like, Hey man, I'm brewing this beer down in this hangar in Fucueva Arena. Yeah. From some. Yeah. I wasn't really a great sales guy, <laughs> so God,
1: I would uh, i would go so out there. And, cool, like um, okay. I
0: mean, you literally, you would, and you'd have it in your truck.
1: Yeah, I had an old Ford Ranger pickup truck. That was and just, so, like
0: the yeah. manager, the GM, or whatever, yeah. would come out. Like, do you do you remember who your first customer was? Like, who yeah, was, who was that? It was
1: the Pit in Raleigh. The Pit, yeah, yeah. The
0: barbecue. Ooh, yeah. man, yeah, Ed. Uh, What's his name? Ed. Uh, oh yeah, he I was the yeah, pitmaster. Yeah, I remember Ed. Ed Mitchell. Ed Mitchell.
1: Yeah. Okay, so the Pit bought. Yeah, I bought our first keg. It a was an uh, old Bulldog. It was an ESB, okay. uh, kind of a, a British-style beer.
0: I bet that was a, that was an cool. incredible feeling when you Yeah, went,
1: so we sold them a keg of beer, and then we got the whole family. We drove up there. And, and we drank went, your beer. ate dinner, and we, tr- we drank the beer. It was awesome.
0: So you sold it to them, and then you were just driving around Raleigh. Yeah. Who else? Do you remember any of the other ones you sold to? Uh, we sold to the Raleigh Times. Raleigh Times. Um, okay. That's and, the same Group or yeah, it was or yep. whatever, yeah.
1: Yeah, so uh we sold a lot of beer in our own bar. We had a bar in the hangar. Okay, and people would come in there Thursday to Sunday, and we just sell tons of beer. Okay, we had yeah, you know, we'd have five six hundred people out at the airport, just everyone drinking beer. It was crazy. That is awesome. Yeah,
0: I bet that was fun. It was a blast. Wild West back in the <laughs> day. Yeah. five hundred people out at an airport in a hangar just drinking beer. Oh, it
1: it, <laughs> it just was crazy, and you know. And the whole time I'm learning the business yeah uh-huh. I read a, I read a bunch of business books and I was like I don't really get it I don't really understand them
0: what what do you mean you didn't get it like what well
1: I read all these business books and I'm like well, you know got to do these business plans and you need to do this and that and and I read them all and i and I kind of understood what they were saying but I didn't really agree with it
0: did you do a business plan no yeah I,
1: I, to this day I've never done one
0: I, I haven't I, either. I don't really
1: get it yeah. I don't really understand the business plan well because it's process. just a
0: it's like a uh here's what we think will like yeah there's so much that's just Get, many variables. it's just like like just like uh yeah well it'll be like how do you know like yeah and there's fifty thousand things that change that you iterate and you learn and you do trial and error and you go okay well i'm not good at sales so uh maybe i need to hire us whatever it is but you don't know that until you just go do it
1: exactly and you know i you know, my big thing was uh, make more than we're spending. <laughs> so that's all I did. Simple you know? stuff. And, basic. You know, we had, um, you know, if you're making beer and you got people coming into your bar and you're selling pints of beer over the bar, I would say that my business model was how many pints of beer do I need to sell per day to stay in business? And I would say, well, I got to sell 200 pints of beer today. And that's what I was set as the target. So we would just stay open until we sold 200 Two pints st- of beer yeah, and we'd be like, okay, that's good. We met our sales goal and then we would go the next day and the next day
0: was, yeah. I mean, was a lot of it. So you were, was most of your revenue coming from the, the location from the hangar? No, no, it
1: was, it was about half and half. So it was about okay. half from distribution and okay. about half from the hangar. Okay. And then over time we just kind of learned that, you know, we need to be in a, um, a, a different area. You know, we need to open a bar in town. And okay. that's when I found the old uh, Barina train depot. It was. I was going to ask you if yeah. that's what that was. Tra- yeah. yeah. And so uh, a friend okay. of mine, Bill Akins, owned this train depot, and and Bill was kind enough to let us lease it from him. And uh, you know, it was great. We it was, it was just a cool building. It needed to be a bar. I mean, it had all the old wood. It was very yeah. linear shaped. Yep. Um, it just suited itself to be a bar. Um, and when you're in there drinking, you're surrounded by kind of history and, mm-hmm. the, and all the wood and, and it was just i just thought it was awesome
0: it's very cool
1: um yeah a lot of people um just volunteered to help me build it the bar um you know a good friend of mine ron uh, who, who's a pilot for the state he came in built the bar for me um got the beer taps up and running and you know everyone's like you're crazy man what are you doing and i was like "Well, wow, man this This is going to be cool, you know, and we opened up and people came in and said, well, you got any Bud Light on tap? And I was like, no, (laughs) we got some beer. We're making this airplane hangar. So uh, people start drinking beer and having a good time. We got a lot lot of live music around here and uh, good bands. So we had live music. Wow.
0: Are you the only brewery in Fuquay?
1: No, there's uh, actually five breweries in Fuquay. Five breweries. And how many people live in Fuquay? Uh, I think there's around 35,000. And you got five breweries. we have five breweries. Wow. Yeah
0: that would seem like it's a high ratio of brewery, breweries per capita i don't yeah, know it's that. great <laughs> i mean i
1: it's it's really cool to see the resurgence of um microbreweries in the united states because pre it's prohibition fantastic. you know we yeah. had all these crazy great breweries
0: yeah you, you know um this is what i think is so great about uh, like it, you mentioned the american dream earlier and the like what's so cool is that, we have the ability here to take a old abandoned hangar like nobody i always find it funny when people predict the economic you know forecast in the future and what's going like you can't do that because you don't know that some dude is going to show up and buy an old hangar yeah. and and turn this incredible business out of that selling beer like yeah. it's it's a fascinating dynamic with our economy which i just think is just amazing but i love those kinds of stories i mean you you, you start brewing this stuff and then you're going up there and selling it in raleigh and then now how, like how many sales people do you have now uh, oh now we got uh, like eight guys on the sales team and they're all yeah. and what's your footprint uh, we're
1: all of north carolina uh, virginia west virginia south carolina good grief uh, parts of georgia
0: are your guys are they remote or are they
1: uh, we have everyone based here. Everyone. Yeah. Okay. okay. But it's, uh, you know, it's just, it's a very American thing. You know, I've lived all over the world. And yeah. you go to Europe and all these different countries and Asia and all that, you really don't get the opportunities you have here. Yeah. You know, the ability to do something like that, to take a business and just start it. Yeah. You know, it's a very American thing. Yeah. you know I was talking to the mayor in Fuquay and they had plans to uh, get rid of the downtown Verena. So there's Fuquay and Verena. They're two separate downtowns. <laughs> no, well, and, are uh, they really? Yeah. And,
0: what and was I in? Was I in Fuquay? You were in Verena. I was in Verena.
1: Was basically the wrong side of the tracks. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, Bill Akins, you know, he did this great thing where he revitalized part of the town. And, you know, we came in and did our stuff. And the mayor is, he's like, man, we just, that's awesome that you guys came in here and you preserve this town. I think those buildings are awesome you can never replace yeah. that right and it's such a, a unique part of the history of this area it'd be such a shame if any of that had been taken away yep and when we acquire these buildings and turn them into these bars and restaurants um, we try to keep them as close to original as possible we take the paint off the walls to expose the brick try to make them look original and preserve that history inside yeah uh, and people now come in and see that they're not you know, it's not a um, you know an, uh, an office or something yeah. where people don't get to go in there. We try to turn them into almost like museums. Yeah. Uh, in the tap house, we have pictures of pilots, but they're only pilots that uh, the guys that drink there, or or their grandfathers oh, or their so fathers. Cool. And so that's when you so look cool. on the walls, you you know you see this like history. So I mean, to me, that's kind of cool. You know, it's it's fun to go into a bar like that because you go to New York City. You drink in a bar that has history, like yeah. Sorley's in, in New yeah. York City, and you're drinking in a bar where people are drinking beer there you know 150 years ago and it's just its just that's the experience you know and that's what we try to deliver with yeah. our bars and restaurants and that's just fun you've got to make it fun.
0: Yeah, you do and people, people really want that they're seeking that they're craving yeah. that more, and more. Uh, Wes, Wes and I um, talk about that all the time. Uh, And I talk with my buddies about that. I mean, everything is, uh, there's so much technology now. There's so much, everything is moving at such a fast pace. We're on our screens all the time. There's all this, man, we're still humans and we desire a connection. It's like the more, you know, the more on one end that things are becoming fast, efficient, AI, robots, everything else. On the other end, like, you need things that are slow. Yeah. and timeless and historic and that's what you're doing and people want that they need that they yeah, they made I me mean, conscious it may be subconscious but they're definitely attracted to that there's it, no doubt
1: about it i mean the original social media is sitting at a bar talking to people i mean that's, that's exactly that's social right. media that's exactly right, right. Yep. and you know social media on your phone and twitter and instagram and facebook and all that all you're doing is extending that yeah but you can't replace that human experience mm-hmm. Nope. You know, and that's what that's what a bar does. A bar yeah. brings people together. Yeah. The the most fascinating thing in the tap house that I've seen when I've been drinking there is you're sitting down and two people come in and they haven't seen each other in 20 years and yeah. they're in this bar now drinking beer together yeah. and they meet every every week to drink beer now.
0: Yeah, that's you awesome. Know? It's cool, but it's that cool. that
1: builds community and that's what bars are. Yeah. You know, sometimes there's a negative connotation to people going to a bar drinking. You know, it's you know maybe there are some bars like that. Our bar is a pub where people are coming together and kind yeah, of building a out. community. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. It's just you know, beer's a social lubricant, yeah. and uh, it's the one place we have now. I mean, I'm convinced 100. percent Like bars, independent restaurants. There's n- it's like the one place we have now where there's actually some diversity. There's yep. conversations you know that are you know about important topics where it's not just this vitriol spewed on a keyboard or oh, whatever because yeah, yeah. nobody does that it in you know like yeah. nobody actually talks that way to people like no. you know and then you start a conversation with somebody that has a different perspective than you do and you learn something versus just like ah, but i i love i love that i love i you, and you had that you had the tap house i saw and then you had across the street would you have a we have the uh, smokehouse smoke barbecue house. restaurant
1: mm, really And then across the street from there on the other corner is the pizzeria. Dude, all the Aviator brand. That's very cool.
0: Okay, so how long has the smokehouse and the pizzeria been there? So the
1: smokehouse, so we did the Tap House in 2009. Okay. And then we did the smokehouse in 2011.
0: Okay, so it's not that long after.
1: And then uh, right next to the smokehouse, we opened an event space uh, in 2012. Okay. And then we just finished the Aviator pizzeria and beer shop. So. We wanted to put a beer shop in there, so we sold our beer, but also all the other beer from North Carolina. So all the other microbreweries in North Carolina, we try to find them all and we put them in oh, there. Oh, that's so cool! So we have everyone's beer at the beer shop. You're going
0: to run out of room there. There's how many breweries are there in in North Carolina? Oh, I, now? Th-
1: I think we're upwards of 450. <laughs> that's <is> crazy. <laughs> that's insane. That's a lot. That's, that's a, lot a lot of breweries. breweries. Yeah. Wow. But, you know, what's cool about it is there's so many, and, and, you know, we're always discovering a new one, and we try to connect with these guys and bring them in and do a tap takeover and meet them. And, you know, it's just cool, you know, just to hang out and talk with these guys and hear their story, and so it's kind of fun.
0: Y'all have the – man, I got to tell you, so I've been doing this podcast for a few years, and it's mostly been restaurant owners, but I decided this year we decided that it would be a really good idea to spend a lot of energy on breweries. I mean – Your um, community is so inspiring, collaborative, fun, informal. It's just like, I don't know, man. It's just, it's really cool. Everybody I meet that's a part of a, and distilleries, I would add to that too. Distillers are really cool as well. But uh, it's just good people that like to have fun, that work together well, that don't take themselves too seriously, yet work hard, uh, and are, I mean, gosh, just part of a, growing burgeoning part of our economy i don't know what percent is it like 10 percent of bre- or, or craft breweries now of, of beer sales or something I mean, oh
1: i i think they're upwards of uh they're cl- getting close to 15 percent 15 nationally okay. which uh, i think it's just going to continue dr- to grow over the next five sure. six years eventually craft beer is going to take over
0: well, uh, because the big ones are all owned internationally now, aren't they?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're you know it's funny they call all the big breweries domestics, and actually we're the only
0: domestic beer. And they're all actually foreign. I think isn't um, yeah. as of like a couple of years ago, I heard a podcast with a dude who owns Yingling. Yep. it's like a family business, yeah, like multi generate But they're like the largest U.S. owned yep. brewery, yeah. I think. Yeah, and they're only on the East Coast, but yeah, um, that's but that's that's great. Yeah, like, that's a good thing. That's yeah, very cool. Yeah. Um, and it's so neat that in so many communities, and North Carolina has certainly done uh, I, I, well. There's been a lot of growth with craft breweries in North Carolina per capita. I would imagine it's got to be one of the higher per capita states. I think it is. I, mean, I think
1: we're in the you know top ten at least yeah. for, for breweries. I think the out on the West Coast, California is probably number one, and Colorado, oh, is it and maybe really? Washington State. I would think okay, yeah, you know, Oregon, Colorado, or, you know, Oregon, and yeah. Um, but I think, you know, on the East coast is North Carolina's up there, man,
0: there's a lot of breweries. Uh, there's a lot of drinking going on here in North Carolina, a lot of drinking, <laughs> a, lot of drinking a lot of drinking, a lot of talking. Yeah. Well, so how many, how much beer do you sell now? I mean, how many, you started out with, you know, um, a very small amount by yourself or one other, you know, was it like you said a couple months before you hired your first? Yeah. Um, you know. Went a couple
1: months, got the first guy in there, slowly started building. Um, right now, I think, you know, I don't really keep a close eye on exactly how much we're selling. Uh, I don't really like to know <laughs> most yeah. of the time. I just want to make sure I can run payroll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I th- uh, we're somewhere between 17,000, 18,000 barrels right now. Man. Um, we have, uh, and we're not really focused on amount of barrels that we put out every year. Our focus is more on, unique and different brands, Um, different types of beer you can put out. You can actually create higher profit. Uh, So it's
0: not really always about how many barrels you're producing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. How how many different types of beer did you brew last year? Uh, 24. 24, okay. 24 different. um, So every few weeks you have a new... Yeah, we
1: have uh, right now eight core beers that are always out. That you're always, okay. And then we bring out all these different one-off beers. Okay. I mean, there's some beers we put out. You know, we let the brewers, you know, they'll do whatever they want and and crank a beer. I don't even know what half of them are.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, Okay, so you're, um, well, first of all, okay, so you're moving. You ran us I mean, this place is, how many square feet are we in right
1: uh, 23,000.
0: And that's not enough space?
1: Well, um, we want to build some other stuff. So okay. my idea of a brewery is not just a pure brewery. Yeah. So I always think a brewery should be something that kind of is in the center of town. Traditionally, breweries were in town, yeah. not on the outskirts, and they were right. the center of the community. Yeah. Uh, so this brewery we're building will be 65,000 square feet. It'll be two, two Wait, resta- we're 23? Yeah, 23 And you're building
0: this Yeah So you bought the land We have the land We're building it okay. We're trying
1: to get a permit We're almost there uh, We're going to put in two restaurants uh, There's going to be five bars uh, Coffee shop uh, our Coffee shop has full liquor, full beer Everything in the coffee shop mm-hmm. um, We're putting in a concert venue uh, We'll have a, a stage, full sound system Be able to hold
0: up to 600 people This is people. no joke, man I Yeah, mean, it's going to be cool are you doing this all yourself?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just, you know, we got uh, we got a great bank behind us. They have a lot of faith in us. Um, you know, we're Do you wanna
0: do you wanna say who it is or Oh Fidelity Bank okay. in Fuquay.
1: It was it was the bank of Fuquay. Okay. Um, that's where they started was here. Uh-huh. They call Fidelity Bank now and they're all across North Carolina. I was gonna
0: s was wondering if you were gonna say Live Oak Bank. Do you know those guys?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, they
0: do a lot of brewery stuff.
1: Yeah, so we've been with Fidelity for a long time. Okay. Um
0: yeah, we have a very strong connection to them. I love community banks, man. They know. I mean, literally, they know the community. They, they, they will get behind something like that because they understand why it'll work. Versus like some of the big ones are like, nah, like, you know, whatever. It's just the they take care of us. Yeah, they take care of you. These guys were walking. They were trying (laughs) to tiptoe back there. Like that's funny. Um, That's very cool. That's good. And
1: you know it's um you can't do it without support man. I mean you got to have yeah. some people around you and you got to have some guys that actually believe in some of the things you're doing. Yeah. Um you know and it's we got a good track record um but you know I I think it's a leap of faith sometimes.
0: You know. You know man they're uh they probably know you real yeah. well. They're betting on you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're betting on the business and all that. But like you said, you don't, you know, I mean, it's not like they're reading your business plan. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> like, yeah. like, oh, don't okay. have one. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the numbers look really good. Uh, they're betting on you and they're betting on this community yeah. as well. I mean, that's yeah. what, you know, they're betting on the fact that you got what 6,000 new houses that are going to be built here yeah. next year. A lot yeah. of people are coming in here. The, the industry, they know the industry is growing and uh, I mean, dude, they'll, they'll do, you'll do well, they'll do well. I mean, that's, you know, exactly. it's, it's a, it seems daunting, but then five years from now, you look back and be like, God, remember when we thought this was like, this big deal. And yeah, I know. Now we kind of got to look at, you know, like yep. maybe we need more space. I mean, that's <laughs> what we thought moving into here. We yeah.
1: thought, oh man, this is crazy Be so here forever. Yeah. yeah.
0: What's this piece of equipment at this cool, this refrigerator or cooler or whatever you call it out here, you bought on eBay. How, how big is that thing? Uh, that is 4,000 square feet, 4,000 square feet. And how much yeah. beer does it hold? Um, uh, I don't know how much beer we can actually oh, get in there, but probably like 4,000. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean probably get like, I don't <laughs> know, four or 5,000 cases in there. Okay. And you bought that on eBay. Yeah. So it looked really cool on eBay. Um, it looked a lot smaller. What was there before? Uh, no, oh, there was nothing. Oh, so you bought that when yeah. you, yeah. Okay. All right.
0: When did you get in this?
1: Uh, we built this part of the building
0: in 2013. Okay. So you added on. Yeah. Do you own this? Yeah. Okay. Do you and all your real we estate? We own everything. You and yeah. everything. Oh, man. Okay. I thought, you, uh, wow, there you go, my friend. Very well done. That That's a big point of diversification and owning real estate, particularly in a growing market. Good good thing, for sure.
1: Yeah. yeah I mean, that's part of our growth strategy. I learned that from HP. HP was in the real estate business. Uh, I knew a lot of those guys. In the, HP was in the real estate business. Yeah. HP is, so they, uh, has their own real estate um, okay, so arm that, and yeah. they buy and sell real estate and they lease out and yeah. that's where I was fascinated by that and I was I talked to a lot of them and I said well why do you guys do all this and you know they, it makes sense you know there's yeah. time value in real estate mm-hmm, um they're they're not making like, more land there's not making any more land and yeah over time your real estate appreciates and you get all your money back yeah so yeah
0: yeah your taxes go up a little bit but yeah yeah this is good real estate out here for sure yeah Five acres near yep. town. That's really good. Yeah. Wait a minute. Okay, so Fuquay Verena. Yeah. So F U Q U A Y. <laughs> Dash capital V A R I N A. Okay. Yeah, we got a lot of jokes. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> yeah. I, I I won't go there, but you, yeah. you know, listeners, let your imagination run wild. Uh, what's the, what's the story of of, of the the towns? Or town? I
1: it's basically two towns that kind of uh, grew together. When uh i i think they merged in the 50s and 60s okay. all right and uh it became fuquay verena it was fuquay springs there was a spring discovered in fuquay okay uh everyone used to travel from all all around and go okay. to the healing waters of fuquay nice and they'd bathe themselves in the healing waters and uh you know who knows what went what do they do in verena uh, I think Verena is kinda where all the, the workers lived and it was okay. kind of the wrong side of tracks. Okay. And uh I, I think in the fifties and sixties it kinda merged it all together and called it Fuquay Dash Verena. Uh-huh. And uh some dudes sat around yeah. <laughs> yeah, and got drunk in blows. We, we know, won't
0: say it, but guess what it would sound like if we merged <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Uh okay. So uh and you now when when will your new place open? Well, we're hoping to start construction in um April,
1: May time frame, and, okay. uh, you know, they're telling me it takes 10 months to put this up, 10, 11 <laughs> months. Um, you know, they said it's pretty quick. It's prefab mental buildings, and
0: um, so we'll see. I mean, will you open everything at once, or are you going to do... Probably phase it, Yeah, uh, just because it's Two so much work. Two restaurants, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of... I mean, getting
1: the restaurants open and staffed and trained. Because you're going to keep your other... Yeah, yeah. So yeah, keep this everything. is all new staff, yep. this is new... Okay. Yeah. Wow. And we'll sell the building we're currently in, um, okay. and then we'll just have everything downtown. Okay. Who will you sell
0: this to, do you think? I have no idea. <laughs> other brewer? Some other brewer? Oh, we're going to sell all It doesn't happen a lot. You. Like, the smaller brewer, like, somebody yeah. grows. And I feel like that happens in Charlotte. Like, Old Mecklenburg grew yeah. out of their place, and I think Sugar Creek went in there. Somebody went in there, or whatever it was. I don't know. Um. Yeah, I mean you're you're set up well for it. But you're gonna sell a bunch of this stuff.
1: Yeah, we'll probably take a lot of the fermenters and stuff with us and the brew house. I think we got someone to buy that already and you know, I don't know. What I don't know. Uh, hopefully someone buys a building.
0: Yeah. So you aren't you're not gonna hold on to it and just I mean it, it lease you know it depends.
1: They're building some huge subdivision right behind us right now. Oh yeah. I I think I heard just four to five hundred homes going in right over here.
0: Yeah. Good place to have a
1: brewery. Yeah, we could uh, put a fence on the <laughs> I mean, gate. Exactly, and, you know. Seriously. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, nothing's really set in stone. Okay. Uh, it's a very brief um, changes constantly. Yeah. Uh, you know, day to day, we just kind of wing it and see what happens.
0: Yeah, dude. Keep this right here. Turn that big brewing area into a big dance hall or something, man. Like yeah. A freaking it oh, here. Yeah, we throw a kitchen on here. Throw and, a little and, kitchen you know, in there. Make a restaurant. Yeah. And, you know, it'd be cool. Love it. Love these games here old arcade games you don't have you don't have a let's see here you got two sega strike fighter of course you have the air yeah okay got it you got the air air the uh pilot game oh yeah love it um so what's been uh have you ever i mean like have you ever kind of sat down and just said dang i can't i, I was at hewlett packard and here i am like i this is. Do you pinch yourself? This is a pretty um, freaking awesome story, man. This is an incredible business you built.
1: Yeah, oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, it's it, we're so busy and we're always doing so much. Like day to day, we're creating new products constantly, and we do a lot of different um, businesses. We're not just a brewery. Yeah. Um, that we don't really ever get time to kind of sit back and do that because there's always something going on. The only time I really
0: ever get a break is when I go to the bathroom. So. Yeah, but do you? Okay, let me ask you this. Then put another way: Do you wake up in the morning like you? I would imagine you wake up and just go, "Okay, you got a million things you got to do. You're busy as heck." But like, aren't they things that you are? You I know there's fires that suck and things you have to put. But I mean, by and large, it's like pretty freaking cool. Oh yeah, that's like, fun. I mean, these th- challenges you have to solve are cool yeah challenges it probably stimulate your mind and and give you energy i would yeah and, and a lot of it's not insurmountable you yeah know, a yeah, lot yeah, of yeah, the things yeah. we're
1: dealing with i mean we're you know we're making beer we're getting restaurants to run you know we're yeah. hiring employees and you know so a lot of problems we run we're not putting a man on the moon right yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah you know there's a there's a big challenges you know and a lot of the things we deal with um are things that we can usually fix or yeah but not insurmountable you yeah. know and i and, it, and we're very good at planning and looking ahead and, and trying to fix problems before they occur. Right. Um, we do a lot of kind of uh, rolling the dice. Uh, we come up with new products constantly and get them out in the market. Sometimes they hit. Sometimes they flop. I mean, it's always you're always after that dollar from the consumer. Yeah. You know, and just putting your best products out there and putting them on the shelf at better quality, lower price than other guys can do it. You know, we have. Um,
0: and I guess as you grow, you're able to. You have some economies of scale. Oh, it, definitely. And, yeah,
1: yeah. We're, uh, we we uh, run this brewery. We only have f- five guys in the brewery. That's how we put out all that beer. So yeah. most breweries are one person per thousand barrels. So a brewery this size, there usually have fifteen to eighteen people. On okay, staff. you've got and we have a five third guys. Of that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yep.
0: That's impressive.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we try to let the machines do a lot of the work, so the mm-hmm. more that we can automate things, we do. The new brewery is um, much more automated. Okay. Uh, so we can keep the same amount of guys and actually double our did. output. Whew, man. Well, so it's they, better for them, right? Because yeah. I mean, it's more. In the end, you, as you run a company or do whatever, you got to take care of your employees. But so you're
0: going to be at like fifteen percent of the manpower that. Uh, similar size average similar size brewery would be
1: yeah i mean that's just based on what i hear people talking yeah. about you know I, I go to some of these beer conferences and people are always saying you know oh one person for every 1200 barrels or f- yeah. you know a thousand barrels and i'm like man that's a lot of labor yeah you know and I yeah said, you know i try to push the labor burden over to machines and equipment and processes and things mm-hmm. and rather than putting that burden into people
0: yeah do you go
1: to a lot of those conferences not really no. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, our biggest failure is we never leave the brewery. Never leave the brewery. We never. Uh, I don't know why. We just we rarely <laughs> leave the
0: brewery. Yeah, you like being here. That's yeah. Not, I mean, that's good. Do, you, do um, now okay. You mentioned you're in multiple states now in the southeast. <clears throat> how many different establishments are you in, and how how much of that is restaurant? How much of that is sea uh, stores, retail?
1: We do probably ninety percent of our business in grocery. Um, oh, and groceries. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's where you're after. Uh, yeah. I mean, package package beer is most profitable. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we're mainly in package right now. When we first opened, we were about 95 percent draft. Okay. Uh, in the on premise bars and restaurants, and over time we flip flopped that. So we're about 90 okay. percent package, and you know, 10 percent. You're
0: not sending your dudes out with trucks full of, of kegs to knock no, on doors I, anymore.
1: It's such a competitive <laughs> market. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, you you know, you just um, you know, there's an easy dollar and there's a hard dollar. Yeah. I think a lot of that on-premise business is a hard, hard dollar. dollar. And, uh, you know, you can just keep throwing money at it and beating your head against the wall. Yeah. Or, you know, our business model is, uh, you know, we have our three restaurants down the road and we're going to open our new brewery with two more restaurants. And then we have a new restaurant opening about every six months after that.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: Okay. don't. Not, not in that... Not, not in this area. We're probably going to go to Holly Springs, Apex, Cary, Raleigh, okay. um, and it's then we to the smokehouse
0: or the pizzeria or both. I, I don't know. We're going to do know. kind of okay. a
1: blended concept of all of those. Okay. Um, uh, using equipment that is, uh, we've designed these kitchens to be very, um, uh, so there's not a lot of work in maintaining them. Okay. Uh, you know, offering um, a lot of the food to be made at the brewery, and we'll ship it out to our own restaurants. Okay. So we we won't have any of the restaurants doing their own food orders or anything. We'll centralize You're it right. all. Okay. But you know it's that's just the growth strategy we have. We like to control what we do. Yeah. Uh We don't like to. We like to make the easy dollar.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Uh, You're um, okay. So these are going to be brew pubs. Yeah. Okay. All under the Aviator brand and some. Okay. Now when you your pork, uh, I mean your um, smokehouse. Yep. Pulled pork. Oh, yeah. Just pulled pork,
1: ribs, Mm. brisket, uh, smoked wings, Mm. uh, all the usual stuff. (laughs) I love that stuff so
0: much. Yeah. Golly. Mm. Uh, Eastern North Carolina style? Oh, yeah, both. We have both. Yeah, Uh, okay.
1: You do? Yeah, we offer all the sauces. We listen to all the arguments.
0: (laughs) Have you ever heard the mustard-based South
1: Carolina argument? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I love it. (laughs) I I actually like them all. I do too. Uh, I
0: love all the different styles of barbecue. Uh, I, I defer. I will pick Eastern North Carolina style just because that's what I, I grew up liking. And I, but I got to tell you, my wife's from Lexington, South Carolina, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's it's not even South Carolina. It's like this specific kind of Columbia area, really. Because I mean, I my my grandparents were in Georgetown, South Carolina, and and uh, we grew up getting barbecue from that place in Hemingway, and it was you know vinegar based. Yeah. Anyway, she's like, "Yeah, we went to get barbecue one night." And she's like, "What about? Where's the mustard?" I was like, "Mustard? What are you talking about?" And she started talking about mustard base. I was like, "Are you crazy?" <laughs> she's like, "All right, next time we're we down, you know, back home." And I, man, I gotta tell you, that's good. I love it. I love it's going to really South good. Carolina for that. I love that barbecue. It is. Yeah. It's very good. I was yeah. very surprised. Yeah, I, love I had to, it, it, it was all. one of those times where I was like, "Okay, you're right. You are right. I was wrong. I told you you were crazy, but this is." pretty darn good yeah i love all the smoked
1: meats and that's why we try to bring everything into the smokehouse yeah you know the brisket and the chicken and everything
0: yeah well okay so one thing you mentioned earlier i think it was before we started recording you said that every time a brewery opens you know it it takes away from the existing breweries because yeah. everybody likes something new um how does that level off because y'all y'all also collaborate a lot in this industry and, yeah you know, i'm like it seems like I mean, there's it's competitive, but I don't feel like, particularly with breweries, and distilleries, I feel like there's so much collaboration. And while there is competition, it, as you said, that the the industry is being taken over by craft. So maybe it's not as cutthroat as you, I, might you find know. Another. It, it, as any industry matures
1: um and tap panels become scarce in the market, available yeah. tap panels and you know people are trying to make a dollar and you have a sales team out there, and they're all trying to make money um you know and in the end i I think peop people are just going after the the dollars you know yeah honestly yeah. um you know you know you're in with a wholesaler and your wholesaler carries eight different brands and you're going out selling i don't think a lot of our sales guys don't, but they don't target the brands that you know, our wholesaler carries, yeah. right? Because then you're hurting your wholesaler and we sell as a team. Um, but yeah, I mean, as the market gets tighter and tighter, you know, you have, you know, you know 100 beers for three tap handles. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, it becomes, it's hard, yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, our view of that business is, yeah, you know, we could go out there after those tap handles or we could just make our own restaurants and put our beer in our own restaurants and do it ourselves, Yeah. you know? Yep. So, and we're not limited to a single concept. When we say a, a restaurant every six months, we could op- we're going to open a different concept every six months. It's not all going to be the same. We don't want to be chain, you know. We don't want to be like an Applebee's or a Ruby Tuesday and yeah. offer the same foods. And, no,
0: that's then you lose yeah. the authenticity. And yeah, yeah,
1: you know, we we'll try. Um, yeah, you know, we find a guy that work that lives in this town. He's a, a great cook or chef or whatever. And we hire him. Hey, man, let's create a menu together and throw a restaurant and kind of make it local ish you know, to what, you know, that area likes or whatever, you know, there's nothing set in stone. Yeah. You know, there's something different. That's fun for us. I think creating a franchise or a a cookie cutter model or all that to me, that's very boring.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know business guys get very excited about that. I don't. Yeah. Well, because they're looking at, you know, something you can replicate and scale and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, you got plenty of room just in this, you know, relatively speaking, small area Arena, Holly Springs, or just the triangle area, whatever you yeah. call it. There's tons of opportunity. Oh yeah, for, there's you know, tons. tons. And, and this area is growing. Yeah. Leaps and bounds. Yeah, very rapidly. Um but you it's funny because I listen to you you talk about opening a new concept every 6 months as if you're talking about like, eh, we'll just create a new beer. Like that's There's a lot that goes into that, uh, and you've done it, and you've been able to do it. You, what you've accomplished in a very short time is really impressive, Mark, because not only the brewery but the restaurant part of this thing is a whole other beast with um, just the people, the food, everything else. So, I mean, it's you clearly have a um, – while you don't have a business plan, you clearly plan very well and think ahead and uh, – Figure out the problems and solve them up front. Yeah, well. I mean, that's a. You have a very. Uh, there's a guy I follow. He 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 talks about talent stacks. Like you have a good talent stack because you've got this engineering side of your brain that works really well. Clearly, uh, but you like beer, uh, you know, and yeah. you like fun, and you don't like boring stuff, and you mesh that all together, and that's your talent stack, and you got an impressive one. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's very cool um it's uh neat to see
1: yeah you know we gotta we gotta grow we gotta do new things i mean uh you know life is not forever yeah and uh you gotta gotta go out there and do some cool stuff man i mean it's fun i mean building's fun growing's fun yep Yep. you know uh i know some people have goals of creating something and stopping and sitting back and relaxing and you know that's cool but to me that that's not the fun part yeah the fun part's creating yeah you know, and, and when it's over, I don't want to sit there and run it. <laughs> I yeah. want to let someone else do that. Right. We so have you great can, talented people that do that. Yeah. Um, but that's not where I where I want to be.
0: It's not where. You, yeah. Sure. I, I'm. I hear. You. Yeah. I hear you. Do you? Um, are there other people that you've learned from in the industry, or people that you know well or oh, admire? Or constantly. Okay. You know, yeah.
1: um, all the different restaurant groups in Raleigh. Yeah. Um, you know, they they do things very well. Yeah, yeah, they uh, do. Raleigh's got an amazing restaurant. Yeah. So. Um, you know, all the great chefs in Raleigh, um, the restaurants. I've learned a lot from chains, talking to people that run some of the chains, uh, uh, the C stores and, and gas station chains. I've learned a lot from those guys. You know, how they go to, like, the earth's end sometimes. That it seems like to me to make their businesses operate. I'm just fascinated by that. Yeah. Uh, Sheets is a great model. Um, so I kind of take all that and listen to it and kind of we kind of put our own thing together. yeah,
0: you know, just what did you learn f- from sheets?
1: I mean, it's crazy they um, so they opened these gas stations all along the East Coast and they were taking all their goods from Altoona, Pennsylvania, their central warehouse, and they would truck it to each one of their locations every day. Even, really, yeah, like their milk, their bread, they made everything and they would bring it to these locations and drop it off and then they would have a two drivers second driver would drive back to Pennsylvania and then as they built their business they would open a distribution center in that market okay. and they would just truck then to the distribution center so it uh, you know gave me these ideas well you know you could probably run a restaurant right like that and you know i mean obviously they have this such scale of economy that they save mm-hmm. So much money, you can drop food costs by using that model. Yeah. So the biggest problem with a restaurant is food cost. Right. Right. So you got a guy who's in the kitchen and maybe he isn't great at ordering food and he's driving your food costs up. And I mean, that's your profit and that's your success. And so you centralize that and you control all the food and you send it to your restaurants. Yeah. You know, and so now you're controlling that um, biggest fault in a restaurant, you know, their food cost model. And so that's where the revenue is. You know, and so those are the things I've learned by kind of looking at what other people are doing.
0: That's cool that you've looked outside the industry yeah. like that and learned. That's really neat. That's a, That's interesting. So that okay, I was one. I was going to ask you about okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. You're going to make it all and distribute it to your. Uh, wow, I didn't realize Sheets did that. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, and so what how, you? Do, how did you get? locked into that like w- oh we would go
1: up there and visit sheets because okay. uh, you know they're kind enough to carry our beer and put it in all their stores and it's
0: they it's do awesome. put it in all their stores yeah are they great. all up and down the east coast
1: uh we're just in north carolina okay. and uh you know so we would but they are all up and down. yeah yeah they're okay. all up and okay. down and uh we go to altoona and we talk to them and you know present the new beers and we just got a chance to talk to their operations staff and some of the other people there and it was just fascinating you know just they're i mean they're hugely successful. yeah and so you know, we, you kind of pick up some of these ideas. Yeah. And, you know, and it's it's makes a lot of sense. You you know hire one or two really good guys, sharp guys that are buying the food for all the places, mm-hmm. so you don't have thirty people buying the food, which is your biggest risk. Yeah. Right. So you start looking at the risk model and where your money is and uh, how you're spending it and you know and I think uh there's a, there's a lot of money to be made there. I mean you yeah. can drive costs down four to five percent. I mean it's a huge amount of money.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Love it, man! It's fascinating. What a cool story! Can we have more of this beer? Yeah, yeah, really yeah. good.
1: Yeah, we, we don't run out here. No, I bet
0: <laughs> you don't. I bet you don't. All right, we just got another beer. This is really good beer, Mark. Um, cheers! Cheers to you, man! Thank you for doing this. Oh yeah, um, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, this is, f- man. You know, I really enjoy speaking with you because I can see in your face that you just really like what you do. It's oh, that's so awesome. fun to see somebody that really enjoys what they do. I mean here we are sitting in your brewery that you started years ago in a hangar. You got twenty three thousand square feet. We're sitting here drinking beer, hanging out on a what's it, Tuesday afternoon, <laughs> yeah. talking about the industry. Like that's yeah. just cool, man. And uh we and we appreciate the business. You and I looked it up, you know, prior. You've been you've been using schedule fly since two thousand eleven. So Yeah, we love it. Thank it, you, man. we um, changed it. our lives. We well, love it. Glad to hear that. Glad to hear that man. Very much um is there anything else you want to wrap about? Did we cover do did we did I miss anything no uh, no I mean
1: that that's pretty much
0: yeah, that's pretty much her. It's an impressive business man. It really is. I love that you're diversifying you're getting into restaurants, brew pubs, real estate this is just man you got really good business sense um you've probably taken a lot of what you learned at Hewlett Packard a lot of what was intuitive to you, married that together
1: yeah when I left home I, I was seventeen. And, uh, so I went to college and, you know, I, I did everything myself yeah. and so I had some hard times, <laughs> yeah. so I, I never wanted to, um, go through that again. So yeah. I've always been very driven to uh, always have a couple of dollars in my pocket.
0: It's a good thing. I've been there too. How many kids do you
1: have? Uh, four kids. Um, Whew. youngest is 14. So they're all slowly starting to leave the house and go to college. Youngest and, is 14. Okay. Yeah. How's the oldest? Uh, and, uh, Jack is 20. Okay. So he's uh, he's off in college right now, and Nick's in college, and you know Connor's in high school, about to leave. Wow! So they're all slowly
0: leaving. I don't know what we're going to do when they're all gone. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna. I mean, well, you're gonna have plenty plenty of time to work. That's for sure. Four kids is. I got three. We were done at three. (laughs) Oh, I hear you. I thought I wanted to have five when I got married. My wife, after three, was like, "No." (laughs) <laughs> we're done dude and yeah. I was like yeah I think we are <laughs> um, okay well listen appreciate this very much thank yeah, you for the time well. it was really kind of you glad to get a chance to meet you yep. um, loved hearing your story loved the chance to share the story just frankly inspired by what you're doing man it's it's just I, this is one of the like if I could just do this non-stop every day and talk to our customers I would because I just get so much energy and just inspiration from hearing stories like yours, man. It's really, oh, thanks, really Will. cool. Yeah, I appreciate it. Bet, man. Absolutely. And thanks to your team. Uh, all 130, 40 <laughs> something. <laughs> A lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> all right, yeah. man. Uh, well, one, one last cheers and we'll cheers. wrap. Thank you. yeah All right, y'all. That's it. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll have more coming soon.